the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Welcome back in. Let's do some headline news. Some weary, bleary eyed lawmakers head into their weekend having crafted a financial overhaul bill. Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes from Washington. After two weeks of work, the panel charged with merging differing House and Senate bills wrapped up with an over 20-hour final meeting that featured frantic last-minute deal-making. The last one brokered with help from the White House would force banks to spin off only the riskiest derivatives trading. The final vote came in after 5 in the morning, after which House Financial Services Chairman Barney Frank announced... I declare the bill passed, and the conference committee is now adjourned. The bill, which also establishes a Financial Consumer Protection Bureau, needs House and Senate approval. And most Republicans plan to vote no. The president wants a final bill on his desk by the 4th of July. In Washington, Chris Barnes, Fox News Radio. And I love that Barney Frank. You got to admit, he's good for a soundbite. Whether you like him or not, he's good for a soundbite. Okay, um, I, I, I got dazed and confused there. Yeah, financial reform bill. Yeah, Barney Frank, by the way, dazes and confuses you. Kind of like a unicorn. Um, financial reform bill hits this morning. Before the markets open, we see what it is, we see what it's not. I told you already what it is on the, the Wall Street perspective. Probably later in the show, I'll give you the, the consumer perspective, what it means to you. Dow's up 35, NASDAQ up 18, S&P 500 up 7. Not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Elsewhere, oil continues to gush into the Gulf. Florida officials closed a quarter-mile stretch of Pensacola Beach when the uh, thick pools of oil washed up. Fox News Radio's Rick Leventhal reports a possible storm may be on the way, which could interfere with the operations there. There is a storm brewing out in the Caribbean, a possible tropical depression that could force a suspension of the containment and the cleanup efforts for several days or more. Uh, and that has a lot of people here nervous, including uh, a Grand Isle police officer we spoke with this morning by the name of Bubba Bladsack. Here's what he had to say. People are scared that this storm is big enough, strong enough, push it all on this island, and we have to leave. A lot of people don't think we're going to come back, you know? A lot of concern, as you can imagine, where they are already reeling. Okay. Um, I can't hit this BP story anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm exhausted of it. It's it's a disaster. You can't invest in the stock yet. Oil's still coming out of the ground. Until the oil stops, you can't even think about investing in it. And until you start getting closer to quantifying the damages, you can't even think about investing in it. Uh, we're not there. So, again, we stay on hold. Next up, after thousands waited in lines for hours all over the world for the latest iPhone. Well, some are finding that there's a lot of problems making phone calls. Some iPhone users found when the iPhone was held in their left hand with their palm, covering a black piece of the antenna, that the signal strength would actually drop to zero. Now I'm holding the phone on each side. My fingers are touching the band on either side of it. And I'm already starting to lose signal. See, we're at three bars. I did have four bars. Now I'm down to two. Interesting to note, 
sounds like Sebastian Kuntz has already got the iPhone 4. Once again, young people who are beautiful, sexy, eh, don't make all the money in the world buying gadgets that they won't even be using in a year or two when they should be funding their retirement. But uh, Sebastian Kuntz, he showed the trick to Heidi this morning. Uh, this isn't dead on arrival. This isn't going to be a massive flop, but I'm starting to hear some of the, the, the end-user reviews not as good as the media user reviews. It looks like Miss Heidi has put on her headphones for a moment of commentary. Yeah, he said, so he was showing me his new iPhone this morning. He was very excited. Sure. Um, but so, yeah, right where you are would normally hold on to a telephone, yep. um, that's where the antenna is. So you cover up the antenna with your hand. So you have to hold it with your, you know, your oh. opposite hand um, to make it work. And then you have to dial or, you know, put in your text or whatever with yeah. your opposite hand, which is pretty awkward. So I'm uh, saying thumbs down, maybe. So you are a proud non-Apple user, as I am a proud non-Apple user. Yeah, I like my Android a lot. So I like my iPod device, but I don't need the phone in any way, shape, or form. Elsewhere, because I want my phone to be a phone. I know that sounds silly, but... And the the new reviews on HTC Incredible and the uh, the X by Verizon, they're amazing phones. They're amazing phones. Next up, many women are opting out of motherhood. Now, why would I do this story? Women opting out of motherhood. Fox News Radio's Pam Pusho has the results of a new study. The number of women without children is going up. Analysis by the Pew Research Center shows the percentage of women aged 40 to 44 who don't have children has almost doubled since 1976, and the rate is highest among white women. The data coincides with broader U.S. trends like increased employment opportunities for women who now outnumber men in the workforce. Women are also getting married later, and according to the study, fewer couples view having children as necessary to a good marriage. Pam Puso, Fox News Radio. Now let's bring on the, the person of the other sex again, Heidi. Why do you think I would pull a story about women not having kids and uh, couples putting off having kids? Well, there's a couple reasons, I think. Um, uh, Number one, that's going to have some sort of impact on the economy, Um, changing our spending, perhaps. Um, You know, in the Bay Area, that's not news. It's too expensive to have kids here um, in some sense. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, those two big reasons, price of things and... Short term, it helps our economy because women are keeping jobs. Instead of making babies, long term, it hurts our economy because we need the babies to have jobs in 18 years. So the baby boom helped us uh, get out of our our recessionary years and kind of got us into our growthy years and really took us care of us in the 80s, 90s when the baby boomers became spenders. Um, This is a this is an issue. I want everyone to go out except for me and have 10 children, because if Heidi has 10 children, she's basically creating 10 taxpayers. And those taxpayers can, you know, help our deficit in the future or help our spending in the future. I know it sounds ludicrous, but it would make her poor and her family would probably be poor from having 10 kids. But I would like to see 10 little Heidi's running around because they're 10 future taxpayers running around. So that's a story that's got some ramifications. And again, it shows you on one hand, good for our economy in the short term. On the other hand, not so much in the long term. Elsewhere, an international regulating body, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, they're creating a new extension for domains. Go out and start 
start locking these up now because they're going to go fast. And this is something that should have been done 10 years ago. The domain name that I'm talking about, XXX. Fox News Radio's Phil Itner, he has more. The international corporation in charge of providing domain names says they'll support a .xxx label for adult websites instead of, for example, .com. They'll begin issuing .xxx sites once they approve a contractor to administer them. It may be difficult to regulate because of different international laws. Advocates say the move will make monitoring and controlling online content easier. Critics say it could easily lead to violations of free speech. Interesting to note, I think that's, uh, you know, when you hear about .xxx coming out, it seems like an obvious. I mean, it, it should have been done years ago. As a parent, you'll be able to block the .xxx, or, you know, domain name a lot easier than you could .com. Uh, it, I don't understand why this wasn't done years ago. It's one of the problems of the Internet, obviously porn, uh, that some people want and some people don't want. It's a good way of saying you want it, you go there. You don't want it. You stay on this side of the fence, and I, I don't understand why that wasn't done long, soon ago. Um, elsewhere, there are only two films coming out this weekend. Both are expected to do very well at the box office. Fox News Radio's Sabrina Sabah has more on the rundown. It's an action film with a hint of romantic comedy. Hi, June. Maybe I didn't make it clear enough, but we're going to have to stick together. Night and Day stars Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, who play a fugitive couple on a glamorous and sometimes deadly adventure. Out there on your own. Your life expectancy is like you. With me? It's if you're looking to laugh, minus the romance, check out Grown Up. Stay outside and play. What are we supposed to do? After their high school basketball coach passes away, five good friends and former teammates reunite with their families for a 4th of July holiday weekend. You see a rope and a lake and it doesn't make you want to go nuts? The comedy stars Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, and Rob Schneider. Sabrina Sabal, Fox News Radio. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll be passing on the movies yet again this weekend. Let's see, action, adventure, cars exploding. Uh, let's see, Adam Sandler, poopy humor. Yeah, I think I'm going to be passing on both. Let's head to break, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. What will I be doing this weekend? You want a little insight on me? Well, I might be preparing for a new career, but other than that, I might be... Well, I will be having a soccer party at my house. Do you want to come to my soccer party? Send me a headshot and a resume. Rob at robblack.com. Robin at robblack.com. Soccer party, USA, USA. We got an amazingly easy round of 16 draw. Can we get through Ghana and get to the round of eight and then get through probably South Korea and get to the round of four? Whoa, America would lose their S if we could. Rob Black, your money, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. know what to do with your money he does rob black 1-800-345-5639 on 910 a.m more stimulating talk so i've got two great stories out there one bloomberg is reporting that sony is close to finalizing an agreement with hulu to support its upcoming paid tv service on the playstation 3 game console Bloomberg says that the partnership could be announced as early as next week. If this rumored deal becomes a reality, it could drastically alter connected TV landscapes that is currently under heavy, if scattered, development. Plans of a rumored Hulu Pay service have existed since last fall, and an escalating, uh, ultimately, of these rumors during the iPad's release. Now, Hulu works with Adobe. Adobe Flash basically powers it. And this is a big Apple versus the world battle. 
And, you know, PlayStation 3 prices, $299. Xbox 3, $299. Both have the ability to go wireless. You've got a wireless network. I've got a wireless network. So you buy the hardware, and whatever the service cost, I don't watch that much TV, but when I do watch TV, I like a lot of ABC, NBC, CBS kind of content. I don't mind paying for the, the Showtime or the HBO as well. But to me, like, for instance, Comcast charges $9.99 to get all your channels in digital or your top favorite 100 channels in digital. That's offensive. And that's only for the first year, and they jack it up in the second year. Like, I'm tired of Comcast just continuing to jack things up on the bill. The moment Hulu signs a deal with Xbox and, and Sony PlayStation 3, I'm 99% sure I'm done with cable TV. If, if HBO strikes the same deal, I'm done. I'm 100% done. I'm going all wireless, and I'm finished. I'm, it's over. So no more escalating cable bills. And again, this is one of those uh, arguments on Wall Street. If this really happens, it's going to change the world. And Wall Street doesn't believe it's really going to happen. But people like me who have seen our whole lives cable bills just on the the verge of ridiculous. You know, we used to spend $99 to get a Mike Tyson fight that lasted 20 seconds. We're like, what? 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 Like, we're so tired of it. You know what else I'm tired of? And for the record, would you buy an Xbox or a Sony PlayStation 3? And again, in a couple years, they're going to be 90 bucks, right? Would you go to Hulu plus HBO On Demand? Because HBO has already said that they'll sell you episodes of True Blood for two bucks, three bucks. So why spend forty bucks a month on HBO when you can get all the episodes of True Blood that you want for thirty bucks and you're done? I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, would you make that switch? Will you make that leap? Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Now tonight, there's a big event going on in San Francisco at six o'clock. The bikers. Terminal velocity? Critical mass. Critical mass, same damn word, different meaning, different whole level of physics. But critical mass is going to be driving around the streets of San Francisco. I started watching the news last night, and one of the the lead stories was about the biker who got hit by a car. A, A crazy guy in a car. Basically, he hates bikers. Now, I'm not advocating you being crazy and hitting bikers. But bikers infuriate me. And I, I know this is I know this infuriates you too. They act like they deserve all the rights of a car, but they also act as if they deserve all the rights of a bike. That's frustrating. I mean, when you see bikers break eighty percent of the laws on the street, it's frustrating. I, I think driving around urban centers, it's tough enough in a car. It's it's even more brutal on a bike. Now I understand they've got a right to the roads, they're taxpayers too. But that's a problem. I, you know what we need to do? We need to start having police officers enforcing laws against bikers in, on roads. And we need the, the, the fines for bikers to be double or triple. I just I want, I want to stop you right there yeah. because um, not long ago we had a lot of um, bicycle protests outside our, outside our building mm. um, for comments. Oh, so I should be quiet. Very similar to yours. So oh, that, Was that Savage who did that? I, I think it was. Okay. So I'm shaking my finger at you right now. Well, keep in mind, I'll just slip out the back. <sighs> and, I'll slip out the back <sighs> of the garage and I got a big vehicle. I'll push those bikes away. Yeah, big, strong bike lobby in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I probably mean no friends just by saying that out loud. But, again, I'd say 90% of drivers obey the law. I'd say about 20% of bikers. I mean, it's a a huge scale difference. If if they all obey the law, welcome to our streets. Welcome to our streets. I I think that they don't. 
So it's like, hey, I'm a car. I deserve to be a car. I deserve the car space. And, oh, but I'm going to break rules. I'm going to break rules. I'm a bike. I'm a bike. I'm not a car. See, I can break rules. Like, it's you choose one or the other. Sean and Martinez. I just want to say that if this Hulu deal goes through, I am done with cable. I think uh, PlayStation's got Blu-ray, which already is amazing. They've got the games. And if this goes through, cable's out the window. And they got Netflix and streaming Netflix, and more and more content will open up there. And on top of it, companies like Blockbuster on uh, Sony PlayStation 3 and, and as well as the Xbox. So there's there's if you want media, you can get it. And if you want high-definition media, you can get it. So, Sean, what is your cable bill a month right now? Oh, God. I mean, if you, if you include my Internet service plus my cable, it's like 140 bucks. you know? Yeah. And you got a phone that I never use, but I have to have it. And Internet plus cable, you know, and I have the basic, you know, package, nothing too fancy. And what happens, Sean, about ESPN? You know, I'm not really a big sports fan, so okay. I don't really care. Okay. How about Sharks or, or Quakes or Giants? You know, don't really watch them, honestly. I, I do lots of online gaming, and I've got kids, so I watch Ooh. lots of kid movies on my PlayStation Blu-ray player, and that's about all I need. Sean, how do you balance online game playing for you while you have children in the house that you probably don't want them do, <laughs> doing what you're doing? That's a great question. Uh, honestly, usually, like, you know, after 10 o'clock, once they're asleep, a couple nights a week, I just get into it and go for it. Okay. And I usually get very little sleep on those nights, but it's, it's worth it because I really enjoy it. What sort of online gaming do you do? Uh, Modern Warfare, uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2, the Uncharted series, or have some awesome ones with, with the new Uncharted 2 that came out. Okay. I'd say, I'd say mostly the Modern Warfare 2, though. That one's just amazing. And you use consoles to play Modern Warfare? I'm sorry? You use a console to do your online gaming? Yeah, yeah PlayStation 3 is all I use. Okay. So in place, uh, in, in PlayStation 3, much better than Xbox 360 in your mind? You, you know, having the Blu-ray is just, that's where Xbox, I think, failed, because Blu-ray is, is basically, you know, the uh, new technology for watching movies at home. And if you have the TV, why would you not want to have a Blu-ray player? And it, it's stunning that Xbox hasn't admitted its mistake and, and built in Blu-ray. Dude, you know, and the uh, brand new one, I thought for sure would have had it because that's the one thing that was missing from it because I was going to go Xbox because the games were better, but I couldn't get, you know, I mean, having all the uh, kid movies in Blu-ray for my family is just amazing, and they love all the Ice Ages, and and those are light years better on Blu-ray than on any kind of, you know, DVD or anything. Yeah, I still have never seen a movie in Blu-ray. I I don't know if that makes me, like, lame, but... DVD's always been enough for me, but you, you say it's worth the, the step up? Oh, man, it, it's night and day. Honestly, what's funny is, like, now the uh, Disney sells all of these packages that have one Blu-ray and one DVD. Yeah. So you can actually watch one of them and then compare the quality, and it's just light years ahead. I mean, like, you know, watching the, the uh, Toy Stories or the Ice Age movies in Blu-ray and then DVD, it's not even close. Well, if I still have a show in the months ahead, maybe you could be my Consumer Report uh, gadget guy. So thanks for the call. I'd love to, man. I will kill it. Thanks. So thanks for the call, Sean. It's something that I, I have a proposal in front of my boss here of one of the things I want to add to the show if I were to move the show to afternoon is I'd love a co-host on occasion. I'd love a co-host on occasion. But I'd also like a gadget reviewer. Um, it's Heidi and I, we work our butts off for a two-hour show because it starts so early in the day that it has to be content fresh and content nice and uh, you know friendly. Uh, but in the afternoon, this show would rock. I would have so much more time to prepare and to edit and, and fix things. So 
Hulu coming to the uh, PlayStation 3. It seems like it's gonna. Uh, Boxy also coming to the PlayStation 3 as far as the technology goes. You gotta go search what Boxy is because it's not what you think it is. Um, the other story that I wanted to, to get to in this break, and I, I don't really have the time, but I love stories like this. And the headline was that it was great. Puffy Taco loses rematch. And 18 years ago, a miscalculation in timing. Basically, the Puffy Taco was at a baseball game, and the Puffy Taco started to speed up because the kid was ahead of him racing to home plate. So the Puffy Taco speeds up and he slides, and he's supposed to finish in second. The kid's supposed to win. But for some reason, the kid stalled, and Taco comes in and slides into home. The crowd starts booing the kid. The kid starts crying. That's the perfect America that I live in. Now, here's the not-so-perfect America. They did a rematch 18 years later, and the Taco lost to the kid. I don't think that's right. I think that should be the one kid who lost the Taco in 18-plus years. I want a puffy Taco. I don't even know what one is, but I want a puffy taco. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I got Michelle Still from Bloomberg Sports. She's fantastic talking this stuff. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. This is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, it's business time. It's my new favorite Friday best friend forever. I get to talk to Michelle Steele from Bloomberg Sports. What an honor. You're BFF. You are just, you're, you're perky, intelligent, thoughtful, thorough, sports, and a woman. I mean, you're the perfect package. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take that as a compliment for sure. Thanks, Rob. You're welcome. We got the grumpy old Gary Radnich here who talks sports, and you're the opposite of Gary. Uh, With that said, you got a uh, World Cup fever? Poor Gary. Michelle, you got World Cup fever? I do. I do. I'm telling you, I was talking to our managing editor the other day, and not a soccer fan in the least. And he was telling me, and he was actually on the West Coast this week, and he was telling me, Michelle, the craziest thing happened this week. And I was like, what? And he goes, I watched a so- I watched an entire soccer game, and then when it was over, I wanted the post game. I mean, this is it, it's a phenomenal story, and the ratings out of this thing. I mean, who knew, right? Po- uh, soccer is popular again. The ratings um, from the, granted the teams a lot better than they were in 2006. Nielsen says ratings for the first three games are up almost 70 percent over the last time. And think about this. The game started, on the East Coast at least, 10 a.m. New York time, 7 a.m. West Coast time. That is not primetime viewing, right? Not at all. Six million people tuned in um, for ESPN, making it the highest-rated soccer game ever for ESPN. So it's a phenomenal business story for them. They spent something like $100 million on rights to this thing, and I am sure pretty much every executive – had uh, either sweaty pies, sweatier palms than Landon Donovan, certainly, uh, as we were going into that extra time uh, on Wednesday. So great story for Team USA. I actually talked just just for fun, you know, just for entertainment purposes here, Rob. I actually talked to some uh, Vegas guys, uh, Las Vegas sports consultants. They uh, set all the lines for um, a lot of the big casinos. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, my friend Andrew over there tells me that the U.S. is favored to win on Saturday. Okay, good, good against Ghana. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, they're ranked 14th right now. Ghana's ranked 32nd. Definitely going to be a grudge match, though, because remember that Ghana beat the U.S. 2-1 in 2006 and uh, eliminated us in the uh, group phase. So definitely going to be kind of a grudge match. And uh, But but the, the good news is is that the U.S. is definitely favored. And remember, Ghana's only two goals came on penalty kicks. Look at me talk about soccer. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm going to take it a step further. America, if we win and get to the round of eight, the excitement goes up a notch. But then you look at the next foe. It could be Uruguay or South Korea. Very doable games. Final four, Absolutely. the excitement would go crazy in this nation. Absolutely. I mean, we have been, the, the United States has been pretty lucky in terms of the grouping that it was originally in, you know, with Algeria and Slovenia and England. It wasn't like the, uh, I think it was called the group of death or something um, with Brazil and Portugal. But, you know, uh, it, it is, it's possible here. It's definitely possible. So, I mean, it's going to get a lot tougher from now on, especially because now we're moving into the elimination round, so it's kind of one and done, you know. Yep. Um, after the 90 minutes, I believe you have 30 minutes. If it's tied, you have 30 minutes of overtime, and then after that, they have a shootout, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and I like hockey a lot. In hockey, you have sudden death. I like sudden death a lot, but in <laughs> between between the two, I'm I'm a big fan of the shootout. You know where they have all the players together and they shoot into that. It's 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 great, great TV. And let me slightly correct you. The overtimes are two separate 15 minute periods, not one 30 minute. There you go. So if you're leading after one 15 minute, you I should be talking to you about. I should be interviewing you about soccer. I played soccer for 15 years. So um, anyway, forget. Gosh, about... your legs must be tired. <laughs> that was 15 years ago. So NBA <laughs> draft. Did you watch any of it last night? Was it dramatic? Uh, we got the Warriors out here, so we don't really care about basketball. <laughs> Warriors game. They're pretty fun over in uh, Oakland, right? Um, You know, I think the interesting thing about this year's NBA draft is what's happening kind of in the the smoky back rooms uh, at Madison Square Garden and in front offices around the NBA nationwide. You know, the draft is really the last big, huge effort that teams can make between now and like next week uh, when LeBron actually becomes a free agent. What we saw last night is Teams trying to get out of that first round. The thing is, is, is if you have a first round draft pick, it's guaranteed money and that you have to give that rookie and teams want to have as much cap space as possible so that they can entice LeBron James and they, they can all only pay up to a maximum. Um, but, but here's the thing. They want to get LeBron, but they want to get a super, another superstar so that they can actually attract LeBron. So uh, Chicago and Miami in particular yesterday really positioning themselves to have lots of cap space. Um, the Miami Heat actually traded away a player and their first-round pick, which means they only have – Miami right now only has two players under contract for next season. So they've got tons of cap space to re-sign their superstar Dwayne Wade, even add maybe a couple of their big names. Chicago also clearing a lot of cap – and I'm from Chicago, definitely watching this team, clearing a lot of cap space yesterday in preparation for making – uh, you know, a run at LeBron. They trade away Kirk Heinrich and their 17th pick. So, you know, everybody, it's certainly Chicago, Miami, the L.A. Clippers, New Jersey Nets, and the Knicks are seen as sort of the teams in contention and trying to clear up that cap space. So Golden State Warriors, uh, unfortunately, you know, kind of sitting in the basement still. No offense. No yeah, offense. They, they but probably good. not going to get 
LeBron. We had a great draft. I mean, we had a sixth pick, and we pick up just a 19th-rated player. Like, it was just a bad draft for us. And then we have the high state income tax, Michelle, whereas Florida uh, has no income tax. If you're LeBron, you can make a, you know $20 million a year and – well, if, that's the thing, yeah. right? In Florida, in, in my, if he signs with Miami, he saves $2 million immediately. The ink's not even dry. Yeah, it's, I, it um, makes it almost a we'll no-brainer. I mean, athletes, athletes love Miami, and that's why a lot of them uh, live down there. Yep. So, With that said, I'm speaking with Michelle Steele. She's from Bloomberg Television Sports. One final topic to hit with you. And yes. I, I don't know where I stand on this one. I, it's the tennis match that went... You know, 70 to 68, the marathon match, Isner versus the, the Frenchman. Right. I don't know if I like ESPN, it. I, I heard ESPN is picking up a second season, actually. <laughs> cute. Very <laughs> cute. Of that match. Took two and a half days to play one tennis match. Doesn't that just tell us that competition in tennis isn't that good? Or, or were they just so evenly matched? I think it's more the latter than anything else. I mean, you've got maybe for the Americans, maybe maybe you could actually make that argument because – Look at the guys at the top, you know, specifically Federer and Nadal, uh, Spain and Switzerland, and, and European countries are often seen as just having better training and, and better programs to really encourage more tennis players. Um, John Isner is actually, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys saying this week, you know, who is this guy? He's kind of a no-name, but he is the second highest-ranked American um, tennis player right now, you know, after Andy Roddick. And they were just very closely matched. And even the, the, the money that was put on the game, you know, in England, they, they bet on just about everything. The money was very matched, too. $15 million pretty much split down the middle. And the odds were very similar for the two. You know, I think what's interesting now, I mean, unfortunately, he lost the next game after about, by the way, the game was an hour. He lost in uh, straight sets. Um It'll be interesting now to see. I personally, I haven't heard anything about them doing this, but I think they should play doubles. <laughs> right? You always see the money in sports, don't you? That's my job. They're marketing. You can market they, the two of them easily. They tell me. Well, the, the sponsors involved, by the way, Wilson, Prince, Nike, and Lacoste. Yeah. For those of you keeping score at home. Um, I I asked actually a marketing guy that I talk to a lot, David Schwab with uh, Octagon. They do a lot of brand management. They represent some athletes. I asked him if Duracell or like Energizer would be interested, and he says he doesn't think that a big brand is going to attach themselves at least at least right away. They're going to see if Isner does anything, you know, after Wimbledon is over, um, maybe in the U.S. Open this year. They're going to see if he sort of stays in the press. Mahood, I think everyone's forgotten about already. Absolutely. I can't he's, even remember his he's, name. He's already at Club Med or whatever. Wherever wherever he is, he's on vacation somewhere. But, uh, yeah, Isner will be interesting. You know, he did win 11 hours, 5 minutes. I feel like Disney World could have gotten in there, right? Yeah. Done like a, you know, you didn't, you didn't win Wimbledon, but you just got into the record books for <laughs> – for um, the eleven-hour, five-minute game, how do you feel? And you know, Michelle, I would rather see good ideas here, Rob. I would rather ideas. see Donovan, a true American hero, get some sponsors than Isner. Uh, tennis geeks, I just can't get behind it yet. I just can't get behind it. Michelle, <laughs> tennis geeks are very insulted right now, Rob. I know. I'm in a tennis club, and There's I make a lot of them. I'm in a tennis club, and I make fun of them while they watch the matches. But that's neither here nor there, Michelle. I'm going to let you go. It's Michelle Steele from Bloomberg Sports. She's on Bloomberg TV. Fantastic talking sports every Friday with Michelle Steele. Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m. Let's go to break. We'll be right back, and uh, I'll wrap up with some more, more business news and stock news. Ah. 
money grew on trees, he'd be the fertilizer. He's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's me, Rob Black. Host of Rob Black and your money. Steve Jobs is out there right now talking about the iPhone. Turns out that the lower left corner of the iPhone's antenna housing stainless steel rim is sensitive to human skin, so much so that AT&T reception may drop precipitously when you hold the phone on the left side. Steve Jobs' advice? Don't hold it like that. That's the response that we've gotten uh, one tech website called Ars Technina. Uh, that they got from the Apple corporate with Jobs CC'd about the iPhone's widely reported reception issues, which seems to strike if your hand covers the lower left corner of the phone, particularly near a thin black strip across the steel band that rings the phone. For the record, Steve Jobs' technical answer was all phones have sensitive areas, just avoid holding it that way. For some reason, that doesn't sound like the right answer. It's a design flaw. And uh, you know he'll say, nope, not a design flaw, just don't hold it that way. So if you're right-handed, this is not the phone for you as far as reception goes. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting. And again, this story really just got hair on it kind of overnight. You don't hear about this with the um, phones from Google. You don't hear any Droid issues, do you? You don't hear any issues with Verizon phones. I've got a Verizon phone. Believe it or not, I've got the Palm Brick 2000. It's the Palm Brick 2000, and no issues with the calls there, except for it's not the best around the airport. So, I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't work the best around the airport. Now, the Dow's up 27 today. NASDAQ's up 16. S&P 500 up 7. So, it's a pretty good day. You know, I don't think the market's going to crash anytime soon. When you look at the market, you look at BP, they're not the new Lehman Brothers. You know, the Fed, the Fed Reserve has got interest rates so low that that'll keep, you know, the stock market afloat. You know, upcoming midterm elections are going to spur some pro-market policies, probably especially for housing. CEO hiring confidence is at a three-year high in the United States. Tech is still driving productivity growth. Consumer's not dead. You saw some good consumer sentiment data out there today. You know, Apple iPhone mania can we come up with a new term like I, I mania? Just, I don't know. We just something tied towards Apple. You know, the iPad selling crazy, the iPhone selling crazy. Consumer's not dead. So I'm not bullish like, woo, woo, let's jump up and down. But it isn't so bad either. It isn't so bad either. I promised I would send out some data today, or I, I promised I would talk about it, and I just haven't been able to get to it. Um, on what does the consumer, what does the finance regulation bill mean to you? And again, the market's up today on a day the financial reform bill got out there. I don't have time to hit it all. And uh, if you want a copy of what I was going to work with, drop me an email at rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. There's some teeny tiny changes to debit cards, some teeny tiny changes to credit scores, and if they hurt you, um, how can it be fixed? The one area that I was I was angry at was equity indexed annuities. Uh, didn't get any reform, and they should. These are crappy products sold by not evil people, but people who are going for the do-re-mi. Equity-indexed annuities are complex financial products that promise a minimum return on your investment. They often require you to tie up your money for long periods of time, and they charge a hefty surrender fee if you pull your money out early. Unscrupulous salespeople. They collect lucrative commissions. They've used these deceptive marketing techniques to sell these products to senior citizens which is why sales of these annuities have been, you know, the subject of a lot of lawsuits. And our government had a chance to regulate them, and 
Nope. These should be regulated. Mutual funds are regulated. Why is something that is an insurance product that's also a mutual fund not regulated? Why is something that has, you know, 9% commissions not regulated? Why is something that senior citizens have sued and won against insurance agents not regulated? Does our, does our Congress not want to protect the old? No. Our Congress wants to take money from the insurance industry. That just, uh, it just kills me. Now, yesterday we did a little talk about Hasbro. Are they for sale or not? And how that might ultimately play out with Mattel. And Mattel's a publicly traded company. These are, you know, companies that you can get your, you know, your son or your daughter looking at. You know, they understand Mattel. They understand Hasbro. They understand Disney's Pixar movies and things along those lines. So Mattel's one of those companies that, that they got something coming. They got a good holiday season tied towards Toy Story. So ultimately, Mattel is the world's largest toy maker. One analyst today has put in a $28 price target on Mattel, and it's currently a $22 price. So they've got a catalyst in a market that's kind of blasé, malaise So Blazer, uh, the analyst today at uh, Morgan Joseph, he says the toy box office success story, toy story box office story, blah, blah, blah. the toy story box office success for Disney is going to benefit Mattel. They are the licensee of the animated films, uh, you know, toys. So while Toy Story is not a new line for Mattel... Feature film releases have historically produced positive results in the toy aisle, so generating over $100 million in annual sales. And so far this, this summer, the, the kitty movies haven't done well. Toy Story 3 is rocking and rolling. So Mattel has also added the World Wrestling Entertainment, so you can go get a, a Hulk Hogan wrestling doll, which people love. Who doesn't love the Hulkster? Or you can get Thomas and Friends. Do you know what Thomas? Thomas the train uh, a good friend of mine his son couldn't quite say the word percy one of his friends is percy thomas's friends is percy and uh he was talking to uh a waitress a waitress says hey is that thomas the train and the kid goes no it's and he couldn't say the word percy he said something else that is a body part and uh, waitress just got red dad got red kid thought it was funny he can't say the word percy so anyway um so they got also um, a new toy line at Mattel called Monster High, which is about high school students who are monsters. They've got a new Barbie line, which Barbie, oof, I don't know. kids. Do kids like her? Do they not like her? She seems to come in favor and out of favor. The Mattel's trying to license Barbie to a movie so that they can get kids again thinking Barbie and Barbie cars and Ken. And, you know, the, I think there's actually a gay couple now in the Barbie and Ken universe. Um, I mean, they got They got to try to stay modern. They got to try to stay relevant. Barbie wasn't like a 1950s, 1940s phenomenon. It still is a, a big seller for Mattel, and sometimes there's success or failure. You know, it depends on that. So we'll see if uh, that Barbie movie ever gets made. I know it's out there. Hopefully, they don't get Sarah Jessica Parker to play the part because I'm done with Horsey Face. I'm done. If I never see Horsey Face again, clearly the Sex and the City two movie bombed. If I never see her again, I'd be a happy man. I know you're saying, Rob. It doesn't take a lot to make you happy, does it? No, really doesn't. Elsewhere, um, an analyst was talking about Oracle today. And this is the second largest software maker. And database sales and server computers, Sun Microsystems, business field profit gains, uh, earnings excluding acquisition costs and other expenses was $0.60 cents a share. People had expected $0.54. Cents. 
Larry Ellison has bought 67 companies since 2005, so he's buying the competition. The one area that I think he really made a mistake in was buying Sun Microsystems. I don't get it. To me, it was almost like we need to take a loss. We, we need to write down some goodwill. But the analyst community, they feel comfortable with it. Uh, Oracle put up a strong quarter. I think it would have been better without Sun Microsystems. Um, Oracle has exited businesses uh, that you know ultimately Sun didn't generate any profits from. So they're, they're counting on Sun. Sun was a big acquisition. I, I liked what they did up until this point. Uh, but you know, the, the, to me, Oracle is trading at a compelling valuation. If you take a look at it, it's trading about 12 times next year's earnings. When you take a look at a company like Apple, and Apple and Oracle are nothing alike. Nothing alike. They're totally different businesses. But when you take a look at Apple, they're trading at 16, 17 times earnings next year. So if you want to protect yourself a little bit, you'd go with Oracle. If you want to get the upside of the iPad and iPod and iPhone 4, you'd go with Apple. Now, let me pull up something real quick because that Apple story is kind of getting some play today. Yeah, Apple's trading down a buck, 267. Not enough for me to say, oh, no, the Apple antenna. It's ruined. It's ruined everything. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. One last story that I'll hit for you, and I'll give out some contact information in situations like that, is Aetna. They've scrapped a 19% raise for rates in California. Remember about a year ago, maybe nine months ago, we heard that Aetna and Humana were going to raise rates 19 to 35%. Um, so, so far, two companies have backed off as far as the double-digit hikes for individual policyholders because of what they say are errors in the filing that would have inflated premium state regulators said today. Now, Aetna had sought for a 19% increase in rates for its 65,000 customers in California, but it pulled back after multiple math errors in its paperwork were found by its own staff as well as an independent consultant working for the state. That doesn't look too good, does it? Last year, Aetna wants to raise our prices 19%, and they go, oh, by the way, we made a mistake. Now, Anthem Blue Cross, they had wanted to raise our rates 39% for their 800,000 California policyholders. After the state consultant found calculation errors in its filings with the California Insurance Department, they said they, too, will pull that back. Next week, we're going to get the big IPO on Tesla, Bay Area Company. It's going to be trading at a multiple that makes it two to three times more expensive than Ford for a company that's not profitable. If you chase it, you're going to be paying a premium. Your goal will be that a lot of suckers will chase it because they won't compare it to something. So Tesla Motors' Elon Musk, he's trying to pull off an IPO for a car maker. Uh, first time in half a century. It's an electric sports car company. It's lost money every year since 2003. They sell a car for $109,000. Do you know who bought that car? George Clooney, Brad Pitt, so not not the real George Clooney, yes, and the real Brad Pitt, not the guy down the street named, you know, G.R. Clooney. Um, so that's not good. That's not good. Musk, who's a wealthy dude, he made a lot of money with PayPal and Zip2. Uh, he's counting on investors to basically bail him out of a company that just looks like it's not going to be all that competitive. Looks like Heidi has pulled the microphone close to her voice. One last time we get to hear Heidi's dulcet tones. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, add to that list, and also Gavin Newsom, really? I believe. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if if Newsom did it with his own money. Is that cynical of me? What do you think he took taxpayers' money? For some reason, I don't see Newsom pony. I see Schwarzenegger <laughs> more money than God. 
Yeah. I see Clooney more money than God. I see Brad Pitt more money than Newsom. He's wealthy. He ain't that kind of wealthy. Mm-hmm. Apparently he is. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I'm not saying he took taxpayers' money. Oh, I'm all out of time. Looky, looky. Well, let's hope I'm back on Monday. One never knows. I'm always fighting with management and still no contract. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black and your money. You can always find me at robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.